Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Seemed like yesterday I was a baby on the street I took a holiday I was stepping to the beat I had to pay my rent On the lower east side I threw my tag around Let b-boys take me for a ride I started writing songs I kinda got into the group They tried to criticize My every single move But then I realized I had nothing left to lose It took me by surprise When I became the news
Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's Game Ass Night, so thanks for listening. This is show number four. I'm not sure if it's four or five. I've lost track already because I'm old. So I think it's show four uh, of 365 days of shows on the Off Limits Show show. So thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> um, tonight we're talking about old dogs, new tricks, and uh, talking about old gays and young gays and the relationships between them, and also um, specific ones that were in the news recently. Also talking about some other things uh, going on with me, and just generally about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Um, so if you haven't seen the show before, you can go to uh, offlimitshow.com. And you can find out more about me there. You can also go to uh, Spreaker.com. You can also listen to the show on iTunes. If you subscribe there to the Game Ass Show, you'll hear all of the shows there as well. Um, I realized today that the Off Limit Show uh, is not broadcasting on on um, on iTunes because um, I have it set up through Spreaker, which is through iHeartRadio, or I have it set up for iHeartRadio. And so if it's broadcast on iHeartRadio, they don't allow you to put it on iTunes. So what I'm doing now is going to put all my shows on Gay Mass and then just copy the show to iHeart, upload it individually. So that way you can hear my shows on iTunes all the time, <clears throat> whatever show I'm doing. Um, well, iTunes uh, also has Brain Purge, which I also do, which is where I sit around and talk about whatever the fuck I want anyway, just no format whatsoever. Um, but the uh, Game Ass Show is the one I do most often and is the most popular. So uh, be sure to check that out uh, if you want to follow the show um, on iTunes and put it on your iPod or on your Apple TV or any other Apple product because uh, it's everywhere. So thanks for listening. Anyway, so there's a story about, um, uh, an actor you've seen him before, I'm sure, uh, in various movies or whatever. And you know him if you saw him, his name's Stephen Fry. He's an actor. He's also a writer and, um, he's 57 years old and he is about to marry his partner, Elliot Spencer, who is 27, 30 years his junior. Now, I don't find anything wrong with large age gaps, per se. I think it's fine. I think if you really love the person, <laughs> then fine. It doesn't matter how old they are, younger or older, as long as they're of age, obviously. Um, but 30 years is, 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 is a massive difference. And I just think about it from a logistical standpoint and also, from, you know, from a logical standpoint, um, a practical standpoint, I guess, because for me, I'm at, so if I dated someone who was 30 years older than me, it would be someone who was um, 69 years old. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I don't think I would have that much in common with a 69-year-old. <laughs> or if someone who was 30 years my junior would be 19 years, uh, excuse me, nine years old. So I don't think I would have that much in common with a nine-year-old either. So when you think of it in that those terms, it's really difficult to understand the dynamic of this kind of a relationship because it is, you know, two people from vastly different generations um, who have vastly different outlooks on life, most likely. Now, a lot of times someone can be much more mature than their age. So maybe this Elliot Spencer guy is much more mature than 27 and he's more like a 40 year old or, or maybe, um, or maybe Stephen Fry is more like a 30 year old. I don't know <laughs> in the way he acts and thinks. And sometimes that's the case. And sometimes it works out perfectly fine because of that. Um, I just think it's, I don't know. I find it to be, I don't know. I, I have to, I hate to admit it, but whenever I see a winner 
spring, winter, whatever the fuck they call it, relationship. Summer, spring, spring, summer, winter. What the fuck is it? Spring, winter, spring, fall, autumn. I don't remember what they call them. But anyway, uh, when I see this kind of relationship with this huge age gap, it always makes me, you know, suspect among the younger guy, if he's really into the older guy, if he's using him as a sugar daddy, if he's using him to get ahead, if he's using him for whatever his purpose in life may be, or if he just has a daddy fetish or needs an older older man as a role model or that's what he's into, whatever, fine. But uh, for me, I always suspect that it's, oh God, earthquake. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's the fifth earthquake today. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I was going to talk about that on the show too. Uh, So I'll skip over to that right now because it just happened. Okay. It's 1259 in Dallas, Texas. And so if you look around Dallas, Texas, you probably see Irving because Irving's closest to where this epicenter has been all day. Um, Unlike a national earthquake center in a few minutes, I'm sure it'll show up there. But we just had an earthquake again. Um, It was a very small one. But all, and the, the room is still shaking right now. It's still trembling a little bit. It's kind of weird. Anyway, um, no. So today I was actually working out. I was working out and um, doing P90X, as I do. And um, it was about three o'clock. And I was um, in the middle of a jump, you know, something like you do jumps and you do lunges and you do all sorts of shit on P90X with weights and stuff. And uh, so I jumped. And as soon as I came down, the earth shook. <laughs> so it was like, Oh my God, I know I need to lose a few pounds, but n- I'm not that big. So I was like, Oh my God. So I actually was like freaked out because, um, the whole entire house shook and swayed back and forth. And it was really kind of, it was very scary. And, um, the, 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 some things were coming off the, the walls, not, not really bad, like flying off, but they were just falling off the walls or whatever. So that was really scary. And then again, at six o'clock today, there was another earthquake. Um, and it was harder than the first one. The first one was 3.5. The second one was 3.6. And this is the biggest earthquake I've ever been in. I'm sure people like, you know, who are listening, who are from like California, or places that have earthquakes all the time, um, real earthquakes all the time, are not probably having any, you know, <laughs> they're probably laughing at me net right now because of 3.5 or 3.6 earthquake in, in Dallas. But it, it, for someone who's from Dallas and was born and raised here, it's very, very unsettling because <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Um, and um, so the second one was a 3.6 and it was really, really rough. It lasted probably, you know, they don't last very long. The ones we had lasted for maybe... I don't know, 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds, which doesn't sound like a very long time, but um, it is a long time when your house is like shaking really violently. Um, So anyway, yeah, earthquakes here in Dallas. And then we had two more very small ones, maybe 1.5 or two or something like that. Uh, Quick ones like we just had a minute ago here on the air (laughs) Um, and uh, later in the night. So that was like the fifth earthquake we just had a few minutes ago here on on the air here in Dallas. So it's very freaky. And you know, the thing about it is, is that most likely the earthquakes we're having are due to fracking. Um, and people get really uh, crazy about it because, um, uh, fracking, they say is a political issue. I, I think it's a, I think it's an environmental issue. 
Um, but some people are freaking out about fracking and saying that um, fracking is causing the earthquake sign. But I agree with that. I've watched a lot of documentaries about it and talked about it um, on my show before as well. And the evils of fracking and, and how they can really fuck up the earth and um, cause earthquakes in places that don't normally have them. Um, and even if you have a fault line, like, you know, where I live in Dallas, there is a fault line underneath us. And there's fault lines everywhere. Um, but not literally everywhere, but they're all over the place, whether you have earthquakes or not. And they're not usually active, but if you start fracking, you start, you start forcing water into the ground and, um, to force out the gases and things like that, it, it fucks up the equilibrium of the earth and the earth, earth's crust. And it's like, you know, the, the pressure has to go somewhere. And so that's what happens. It shifts the earth's crust and we end up having earthquakes. And there are people, you know, most people who like don't believe in global warming or whatever say, oh, it's not really, it's not fracking. It's just the earth doing its normal thing. You know, these are the same people who support oil companies and, um, you know, give them tons of money and lobbies and things like that. So, you know, they're a little suspect, of course, <clears throat> but the science is, is sound on this. And so this is what's happening here in Dallas. We're having these these massive, not massive, they're massive to us, to Dallasites, okay? 3.6 is massive to us. It's like fucking scary. Um, but I'm afraid, and I, I just know that it's going to happen. There's going to be a big earthquake because they always, they've gotten progressively bigger. They started off at like 1.5, like a year and a half ago or something. And then they went to like in the twos early last year. And they went, now they're in the threes this year. And so every year they're getting more violent and, and more, you know, um, scary. So it's a little frightening. And I just, I'm just know we're going to have this big earthquake. And the sucky thing is it's almost impossible to find uh, insurance in Texas that actually carries earthquake insurance. Um, you know, I'm trying to find that here and it's been almost impossible. Um, and they say when you do find it in Texas, it's really expensive. So I, I don't know. And the thing is, if, if an earthquake topples our house, you know, if it goes into the ground, which we're halfway through remodeling and half bricked and everything else, rebricked and everything else, I mean, it's, it's going to really suck because I won't have any recourse. I'll have to pay for everything out of my pocket, which will always suck because, you know, I don't have half a million dollars in my you know pocket sorry um so anyway uh, that's what's happening that's what happened a minute ago when i was like screaming earthquake <laughs> it's like a natural reaction i just start saying earthquake um because i mean what the fuck else do you say or do i mean you just you feel so helpless i mean you're supposed to like go under a desk or go under a door jam or something of that nature if you uh, have an earthquake and you know in dallas of course we're, we're t here we're totally equipped to have uh, tornadoes because, you know, we obviously tornadoes are typical in this part of the country, although we don't have them very often. They do occur. Um, they're more, more prolific, I think in Oklahoma, but they do happen in Dallas too. Um, so, you know, with an earthquake, you know, you go in a basement or you go in a closet or under, a, you know, whatever at the center of the house. And so I'm prepared for that, but this earthquake thing's fucking scaring me as shit. But anyway, back to the show. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's the thing I think about the whole um, May, December. That's the word I was looking for earlier. A relationship between Stephen Fry and his uh, boyfriend, who's 27. Stephen Fry's 57. Elliot Spencer is 27. That's what I think about that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm not judging them. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with what they're doing or that they're, if they're, especially if they're in love and everything. It's just for me, every time I see a young guy like that into an older guy, that much older guy, 
it's really hard to imagine why he's with him other than to use him for something. And, and the truth is, you know, there is actually, if you've ever seen the movie Evita or the play or the musical rather, um, there's a song in there, um, that is sung. Um, and it's about how people use one another in relationships to get ahead in life and to get ahead, you know, for whatever they want out of life. And it's true to an extent. I mean, it's something. So if, if, if this guy, Elliot Spencer, and Stephen Fryer in love or whatever, it doesn't matter. But if they're not, and Elliot Spencer's getting out of this, you know, uh, recognition for his for his uh, publicity for his writing or whatever he he does or something like that, or he's getting you know a leg up in the the industry, great. And if Stephen's getting a hot piece of tail, <laughs> great. Whatever whatever floats your boat, you know. That's what I say. So good for them. Good for them. So going to take a break, come right back, and we're going to talk about um, some more gay stuff. Okay? We'll be right back after this.
So, um, also there's, um, I don't know how many of you remember the show, you know, I don't know how many of you are as old as I am, you know, 39 I am by the way. Um, but remember the show from the nineties called absolutely fabulous. It was a show, a British show. Um, and it was about if, in case you don't know the show and most gay people know the show, but, um, if you don't know the show, it's about Adina and uh, Patsy who are like best friends and they're like totally self-absorbed and totally <laughs> narcissistic and uh, all about fashion. Fashion's everything to them and being, you know, labels are everything and being fabulous and they hardly ever eat. All they do is drink champagne and, and smoke and <laughs> just do drugs and stuff like that. So um, it was a, it was a hilarious send up of the, you know, the ridiculousness, and the excess of these people and their lives. Anyway, it's a funny show. If you've never seen it, definitely check it out it's ab fab absolutely fabulous you know the pet shop boys did a song called absolutely fabulous and it was uh it was about it was for this show well it was about the show and um so if you've never heard it uh, i'll play it for you later but anyway um the um show is actually they've been writing a movie for this show for 20 years uh, Jennifer Saunders, who's the actual actress who plays Adina on the show, the dark-haired one, she wrote the show and you know helps produce it or whatever at the time. And it was on, I guess, for five seasons or something like that. And um, she has been writing the script for since 1995. And she said she finished the first draft she, now, finally. She's and she's feeling really happy about it and that um, she's definitely going to produce it this year. So it's awesome. I can't wait to see it. Um, she said she'd like to see Angelina Jolie playing uh, Joanna Lumley as Patsy and, orang- and an orangutan playing her part. <laughs> anyway, you have to see the show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hold on. <laughs> you have to see the show. If you've never seen it, it's hilarious. Anyway. Um, and I've been watching on Netflix, um, you know, Friends is now available. The entire 10 season <coughs> run of, of Friends is available now on, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Netflix. And it's, uh, you know, I used to watch the show. Of course, I watched it, you know, I was like, uh, I don't know, how old was I? I guess I was probably, mm, how old was I when Friends was on? Well, it was on from 1994 to 2004 so i was 19 when it started yeah i was 19 when it started and i watched it and i always liked the show and i watched it every week just like most people did and but i never was like i never loved it it was never like my favorite show of all time but i always liked it i never missed the episodes but i still wouldn't call it my favorite show but um you know it's really interesting to watch it now at my age now and not then and because all the things they're going through, you know, I went through shortly thereafter in my 20s, you know. Um, and so I had a, now having gone through that, I have a much better perspective of, of the show. And so it's interesting to watch something you haven't seen in a really long time as an older person, uh, older than you were then, I mean. <laughs> and to see see it through that through the eyes of someone who's more mature 
because now I really, really, really love the show. It's really well written. I mean, of course, every people people knew that already, but it, it just I real I never realized how well written it was and how hilarious it was and how um, how witty it was. It really was a good show. <laughs> so I've been watching that, and I did a I did a, a, a test, one of those stupid quizzes online, you know. Um, and it said, you know, which friends character are you? I did it like months ago, and it said I was Monica Geller. <clears throat> and so when I was watching the show, I started watching it again. You know, I'm like on the last episode of the first season now. I think I was uh, I was watching the show, and I was like trying to see the characteristics in her that were in me. And I was like, yeah, that is me. <laughs> it's so fucking me. Because she's like totally, she's like obviously to one extreme. I mean, they're all archetypes of people's personalities, but um, obviously I'm not that extreme. But she, you know, she's like really like a clean freak and neat freak and organizational freak or whatever. And she likes things a certain way. And she doesn't like their pillows moved on her sofa, you know, that kind of thing. She's like people leaving their shoes on the floor and, and she's real neat. And so that's kind of how I am. I'm not like, not to an extreme like she is, but I am that way a bit. And, uh, but she's got a big heart and she loves people and that kind of stuff they said. So that's true. But anyway, um, and I like that show, but I always liked, you know, I always loved Chandler. I mean, most people always liked Joey, thought he was the hottest, but when I was younger and I still think at the time he was the hottest one on the show, the men, <clears throat> I always liked him the best. And had a, I, you know, I don't know, I would say I had a crush on him, but I, I thought he was the cutest guy on the show. I never really liked Ross that much. Um, he was, he kind of got on my nerves. Although he's funny, he kind of got on my nerves. Um, and he wasn't that attractive to me. And then Joey was just, just too, hey, you know, like Fonzie-esque or whatever. I didn't really like his personality. And I've always heard and been told by people uh, that he, the guy that plays him, uh, Joey, um, what the fuck's his name? Oh my God. I can't remember the guy's name. Oh my God. What is wrong with me? What the fuck is his name? What the, what's the name? Oh my God. What's his name? Um, oh my God. You know, I'm so fucking stupid. I know his name, but anyway, I was told that he was really not a very nice guy. They were not, to, not a fun guy to work with. And now that all the friends, the friends is over and everything. Um, I read, I don't know if it's true or not. He doesn't really talk to any of the people on the show anymore. He's the only one, like all the rest of them are like friendly and talk and hang out and stuff, but he's the only one left on the show that doesn't really hang out and talk to them. And I think it's because he kind of had a big ego or something they said. And so, um, it was like, uh, I guess I didn't get along with him or whatever, but I always loved Phoebe. Phoebe's my fave. I think she's hilarious and I love Lisa Kudrow. So that makes it better. Um, and you know, Lisa Kudrow and the comeback is fucking amazing. If you've not seen that and that just ended a few like weeks ago, fucking amazing season finale, by the way, really just amazing. So if you haven't seen that show, definitely watch it from the first season and the second season, you know, of course. Um, and then who else is on the show? Jennifer Aniston, poor Jennifer Aniston, Poor Jennifer Aniston, all the shit she's had to go through with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and, and never being able to find a man who wanted to marry her <laughs> or not wanting to marry them. I don't know which was the case. But now she's with Justin Theroux, whom I think is hot as hell. And I've always thought he was hot, even when he was on um, before he was on Sex and the City in 1998. And he played two different roles on that show in like a two-year span or a four-year span and two or three different roles, actually. And, um, he, I just thought he was the hottest thing ever. And he wasn't all that hot like he is now, but he was, oh, and if you've seen him in the show, um, the leftovers, uh, which is on, I think it's on HBO or Showtime. I think it's HBO, you know, he's really hot. So check him out. But anyway, she's with him. She's with him now and they're engaged. 
and I think that's fantastic. So I hope it works out for Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau because um, she deserves it. She seems like a nice person, and she genuinely, genuinely does. I mean, you never know about people, especially actors, if they're just acting like a nice person <laughs> or if they really are nice. But it, it is interesting to see how she's kind of had such issues after Brad Pitt. Um, but I guess I would too. I mean, the guy cheated on her with Angelina Jolie and left her. And I think she was completely blindsided because it happened on the set of Mr. And Mrs. Smith, you know, that movie they made together. And um, he and she were together for a long time and, and they, that broke them up. So I guess I would be a little gun shy about any relationship too, you know? So I guess you can't blame her. Um, anyway, um, I've been thinking also lately about the fact that I have like given up my art. I used to paint all the time. <clears throat> it was very like, uh, like, like cathartic or whatever, you know, very just kind of relaxing and, um, kind of just meditative, I guess. And I did it also cause I'm an artistic person. And so I always loved doing it. The only thing I always hated about it was, was the mess. Like I need like an assistant every time I paint because, when I do paint, which is, hasn't been in a long time now, it's been about, probably about a year or a year and a half, maybe more. Um, I go, go get my easels out or whatever. And I usually stretch my own easels. Um, I'm not my easels. I mean my own canvases and put them on the, on the easel. And then I get my paints out. I usually have to buy brand new paints. I'll tell you why in a minute. And I get the paints out and figure out what I'm going to do. And sometimes I, almost like 90, 90% of the time when I paint, it's just very visceral and very kind of from like organic. It's just from, from the hip. I don't actually like plan it out or anything. I just paint what I feel, but sometimes I actually draw something on the canvas and then I paint it in, you know, but I have to sit there and think for like an hour before I do that. <clears throat> so I don't have much patience. So doing that really rarely happens. But anyway, so I'll, I'll start painting and I'll paint and I'll paint and I'll paint and I'll paint until I just can't paint anymore. And I just, I, until I'm done painting, which could be an hour, which could be six hours. It just depends on my mood. Um, and then I'm done and I, and I finish the same painting in one sitting. I don't go back to the same painting usually. Um, I've only done that once or twice where I go back to one painting after I've worked on it before. And it's because, as I said, I don't have any patience. <laughs> I don't have the patience to work on a painting for six years like some people who are real painters do or for you know months at a time. I just, I just don't. So my point is, is that at the end of the painting, I will have all this mess, like this, this messy easel and, and the messy... Um, um, the messy um, palette and the brushes and everything else. And I will either just leave them there and uh, throw them away later because <laughs> I don't want to clean them or I will, um, or I'll just go buy, you know, I'll just go buy new ones or whatever. Cause I just, I hate cleaning up after myself after, after that stuff, after painting, I mean, anyway, any other thing it's fine, but painting is just such a fucking messy thing. Like oil painting, especially it's fucking messy as fuck. But uh, anyway, I've been trying to think about getting back to doing that again because I feel, I feel like, you know, we as we get older, we kind of lose touch with the things that made us happy <clears throat> or that were positive for us in terms of our hobbies and that sort of thing when we were younger. Um, I, I love photography and I do all these things. I've done all these things very prolifically at some point in my life. Uh, you know, painting, art or whatever, uh, photography, um, I play the piano, I play the violin, I play the guitar and I play, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, um, I've been trying to get back into doing all those things that the music and the art and things like that, that really kind of fulfill me, uh, in a way. 
And, you know, a lot of gay people are very artistic and creative. And um, I think it's important that we continue that. And I think it's important that we connect to that part of that part of ourselves on a regular basis because it really keeps us grounded. I know that when I do those things on a consistent basis, uh, I feel much happier. Uh, even if I'm not unhappy, I just feel much more centered. You know what I mean? So I think that um, it's a good thing to, to do that. Uh, whatever yours is, everybody has something different. Some people like to cook or... Um, some people like to clean, believe it or not, and it's meditative for them. Or some people like to, I don't know, whatever, read or even just watch TV. I don't know, whatever makes you fucking happy, watch movies or something, you know, whatever makes you happy is what you should, you should center yourself around outside of your work. And a lot of people also think that your work has to be the same thing as your, uh, like life's calling or mission or your purpose or your, or your, or what you really love to do. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I love, I love architecture. I love, I love designing homes. I love it. I, it's very, comes very easily to me. Um, and people always love what I do for them and they love the interior design I do for them. They love the furniture design. They love everything I do and I love doing it, but it's not something that, you know, that you can just do and then just go walk away from you have to plan it and you have to design it and then you have to deal with all the clients and you have to deal with the contractors and all that shit. Um, that's why when I had an assistant, it was so much nicer because I didn't have to deal with all the bullshit with the contractors. I could paw them off on the, the assistant and I could just focus on managing my clients and the project. And, um, but any, my point is, is that that's not something that that part of it anyway, is not something I would do every day if I had, if I had the choice, you know, but I would, I would take pictures, photography, I would sing, I would, I would, um, I would act, I would, uh, play the violin, I would play the guitar, I would play the piano, I would do these things every day. You know, I think about it, if you have had billions of dollars in the bank, <clears throat> you know, I would do much more than just sit around doing nothing all day. I would start a foundation and do all that great stuff. Yes. Charity work, whatever. Yes. I would do do better for the world, but I would still be an architect and I would still sit down every day and be able to play music and be able to, um, create every day. And that would be a real luxury for me. And I think everybody would find that amazing, uh, an amazing comfort and amazing thing to, uh, to have the, you know, I think that's what money brings you. Money brings you options and brings you leisure and I mean, I mean, real money. I don't mean like affluence. I mean, like, you know, billionaires and things like that. It brings you choices because you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want at that point. Um, so anyway, I'm trying to get back into doing that again and trying to focus on, on that. And uh, my husband keeps trying to get me to open a gallery and I'm like, I have no interest in doing that. I mean, I have no interest in anybody seeing my art. I don't even do it for that purpose. And I don't think I'm good enough to do that anyway. Um, I just do it because it's something, like I said, it's meditative for me and it's fun and I'm creative and it's an outlet. But um, he keeps telling me I should do that. And I'm like, no, I don't think I want to monetize it. And, uh, you know, architecture is something I monetize and that's how I make a living. I don't want to do that to the things I just kind of do for, for fun and love to do. But when I was younger, I certainly wanted to be a... Um, I don't I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, <laughs> the things I wanted to do when I was young, it doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, okay, we'll take one more break and we're going to come back and we're going to um, wrap up the show. But I want to play for you, in case you've never heard it, um, and I'm sure you have, absolutely fabulous from the show I was talking about. It's not from the show, but it's about the show um, that I was talking about earlier on the show. I'll be right back. Lights, models, guest list, just do your best, darling.
So that was absolutely fabulous. In case you didn't know or haven't heard that song before, it's from the 90s from my heyday. Yay! That song used to be played all the time in the clubs at the Village Station, as it was, was called when I was young and uh, <laughs> in the early 90s. And uh, now it's called Station 4. <clears throat> but anyway, um, it's a great uh, song from the Pet Shop Boys. And if you haven't seen the show, definitely check out Absolutely Fabulous. It's totally, totally um worth it uh by the way before i go oh first of all a shout out to <laughs> a shout out to william arnold for for tweeting me saying he, he he should be my assistant and i asked him if he if he could handle bitchy boss he says he's had worse so um <laughs> i'm really not a bitchy boss i'm really a really nice boss but um but i do want things done a certain way they have to be done the way i need them to be done so that my clients are happy um but if you're serious and you need a job you can send me your resume <laughs> and I'll look at it. Um, 
but anyway, uh, one more thing, one story I wanted to mention before I go is the story about the um, uh, that show on um, on TLC called My Husband's Not Gay. And this show is about these guys whom are married to women and they are basically saying they have sexual attraction to men, but they're not gay. Or they do say they're gay, but or that they're attracted to men, but that they don't act on those those impulses. And one guy was comparing it to 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 being someone who likes donuts. He said, Well, I really love donuts. I like donuts a lot, but I don't, you know, I don't have to have a donut every time I pass by one. I don't have to have a donut just because I'm craving it. it. Doesn't mean it's good for me. So I just don't have a donut. And you know, as <laughs> as Rosie O'Donnell was saying today on the View, I mean, he used the wrong analogy. He should use sausages as an analogy, obviously. But but that's so stupid. First of all, that people are so self deluded that they would allow themselves to think that, oh, I'm gay, but I'm going to be happy in this relationship with a woman, even though I like dick. <laughs> I mean, it's a really ridiculous thing to live a lie like that just to keep society happy. It has nothing to do with your happiness or what makes you f- fulfilled or whole. It has to do with what makes society's you know, what society around you or religion or your pastor, priest or whatever may say you should or shouldn't be doing. So I don't know. I think it's fucking ridiculous. And and the fact that people actually buy into that shit is just sad and pathetic. And the kind of person who does buy into that stuff has to be weak mind and weak willed because you have to be able to be controlled. Your mind can has to be controlled by religion or by your pastor, your family, your parents or whatever. And I understand that people don't want to lose those things that are important to them, those people that are around them, that mean something to them, that matter. That's completely understandable. And so I understand the fear of losing that because every gay person, every gay person understands the fear of losing those things because we've all had to come out, those of us who have come out. Um, So we understand that fear, but we also realize that on the other side of that fear is, is a whole other uh, understanding about who we are and a whole other world of people out there who, whom will love us and accept us, accept us if those people who we were raised with or by or around or friends with don't. So just because, you know, you're afraid to come out, you're just going to live a lie is, is gotta be soul crushing. I mean, honestly, it's gotta be soul crushing and has to be a truly, um, abhorrent way to live. I can't imagine it. I mean, just wanting dick all the time and having to eat pussy and, oh my God, it's like a nightmare. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're all, we're all different. Um, I guess if that's what they choose, it's their life. If they want to be miserable, it's their life. They want to be that way. And I do think in a way it's a form of self-punishment. They feel that they should punish themselves um, for being gay because they've been taught that it's wrong. And these women, these women that are with these men are so deluded as well to think that they're, I mean, you know, why would you want to be with someone who's not into you? You know, just, 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 just to go through the motions and have sex with you is, is, is not a, not a good way to live with somebody else who's your husband or your wife or whatever. That is a horrible way to live. So anyway, I think it's a, a ridiculous show. I haven't watched it. I don't know if I will watch it. Um, I may watch the first episode just to see, you know, what these idiots said, but the show is called once again, my husband's not gay (laughs) and it's on TLC. So if you're interested in watching a train wreck, 
I'm sure you can find it on that show. So, all right. So that's all for tonight. I will be back on um, tomorrow, obviously, for show number five um, and of the year. And be sure and uh, go to offlimitshow.com, go to Facebook and Twitter and tweet me during the show or after or before or whatever. Uh, any questions or comments you have, I appreciate William for tweeting to me. Thank you, William, for saying hi. I appreciate that. And uh, I will be back tomorrow night. You guys have a great night and see you later. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 